Hey, are you ready to start your own business? How about a franchise? You're going to love today's show. Do you want to do what you want? Do you want better money? Welcome to Dream Job Radio. Welcome to 30careers.com presents Dream Job Radio. Today we have a very special theme, Fire Corporate America, tying into Entrepreneur Month. Hey, this is Daniel Laxons. You're listening to 30careers.com presents Dream Job Radio. And this is Leah Laxons. So today's uh, special guest is Mike Welch, and we're going to be talking to him in just a few minutes, but later on we're going to have some other stuff coming up. Yeah, and as always, you can get a hold of us through 30careers.com if you have questions, comments about the show, or you can call in on our call live call-in number, 760-888-5718, and share your comments, questions, concerns with us or our guests. Yeah, otherwise you can Twitter me at DanielLaxons.com, that's D-A-N-I-E-L-L-A-K-S-T-I-N-S, or if it's easier, just go to 30careers.com and you can find out how to contact us. That's right. So you might be wondering what other segments are coming up. Of course, we have our special guest, Mike Welch, but we also have our special segment, Campus Connection, featuring Micah Hackney, where we tap the minds of America's college students. That'll be after our special guest. Yeah, and then after that, we're going to have some live overtime on Justin TV. So you can always run to Justin TV and see his live. But uh, now it's time to introduce our special guest. Remember, the theme is Fire Corporate America. Our special guest is Mike Welch. Uh, Mike Welch is an entrepreneur who specializes in taking people from career uncertainty and bringing them to career replacement. And you can also get more information by going to www.firecorporateamerica.com for more information. Yeah, Mike's the president and owner of FranNet Minnesota, and that's a Minnesota franchise consulting firm. He has an extensive background in executive management, sales, franchise ownership, and a strong track record of success. So we're very excited to have him on the show. Hey, Mike, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, guys. Well, it's exciting. Uh, This is Entrepreneur Month for Dream Job Radio, and we've had some excellent guests. Uh, But you specialize in franchises. You're actually an expert in this field. But here's a question for you. If you knew that you could be a successful business owner, would you rather work for yourself or work for someone else? You know, that's a question that we get all the time. And I've never had anybody in a seminar, whether it was in front of 10 people or 200 people, raised their hand and said that they would rather work for anyone else. I mean, most of the reasons why people have for not starting their own business are really, you know, they're very kind of cerebral, grounded, fact-based answers. You know, I might not be good at it. costs a lot of money. Um, you know, it takes a lot of time. And these, these are all facts. I mean, there's no question about that. But when you look yourself in the mirror, I think the honest answer is the fear of failure. It's the 800-pound gorilla in the room. I don't know anybody who would rather work for someone else than work for themselves. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So why do you think it is that so many people choose not to work for themselves? Well, again, I think it really goes back to that fear of failure. Um, you know, we weren't trained from a young age to be entrepreneurs. Most of us weren't. You know, we were, uh, yes, sir, uh, yes, ma'am, don't question anything, go with the flow. You know, we went to 
school, we were, you know, go to college, get a job, yes, sir, yes, ma'am, anything for a raise, uh, climb the corporate ladder, have, a, you know, uh, a 40 years in a company, and then retire with a gold watch, a fruit basket, a pension, and a, and a, and a little party. And um, I think that there's still some of that mentality out there. But realistically, what we're seeing in our practice is that that doesn't exist anymore. You know, the average time between jobs is 11 months. The average tenure of, of a job started in 2011 is anticipated to be three years. So I think the reason why a lot of people, uh, yeah, it's, it's daunting. I mean, it, we, we've, got a, we've got a great story to tell, which is that there, there is life after corporate America, but the facts are pretty daunting. And, uh, you know, people are coming to a realization that uh, we're not in our parents' job market anymore. So uh, I, think it, I think it comes back to the fear of failure, but we're seeing a lot of people realize that we live in a, in a kind of a different world these days. Yeah, so we've always been conditioned to least Generation X. I know you're Generation Generation X. We and I are both too. Uh, we're all conditioned to believe in uh, the pink house, the white picket fence, the 2.3 children, and that the company that we worked for was going to be there forever, and uh, we could retire from it. And our our children's children will be working for that company. It's not it's not the case anymore. Is it? No, it's absolutely not the case. Um, I actually wrote a uh, blog post, and it's on uh, firecorporateamerica.com, and it says that there's no gold watch. And it's a story about my father and uh, the time that he gave to corporate America and uh, the kind of the stark realization that there is no such thing as the gold watch anymore. You're going to have to – you have a couple choices. More than likely, I mean, there will be some people who have long, healthy careers in the same organization, but for the the most part, I think what we're going to see – with today's trending is that you're either going to work for multiple corporations and climb the ladder that way, or you're going to fire corporate America and you're going to do it for yourself. And that'll probably be the only company you could really uh, count on being able to stay at for a long time is your own. Yeah, last week we actually had um, an older gentleman on the show. Art Kopp. Yeah, Art Kopp. He's uh, 76 years old, but he and, and he actually understands networking, social networking on the, the Internet. Uh, but he was telling us that, you know, franchises are even good for older people. And we have a variety of viewers for the, sh- the show or listeners, so whether they, they want to start those types of businesses. But it was interesting to note that uh, he was talking about, you know, baby boomers and the situation with them. Maybe you have some insight with that, too. Yeah, most of our, most of our clients are actually baby boomers. Uh, I read a, a really interesting article. It was uh, a repost on Forbes that had originally been written, uh, I believe, in the Huffington Post, I think it was, uh, by a gentleman by, by the name of Marty Zwilling. And uh, it was pretty eye-opening. Statistically speaking, baby boomers are opening more businesses now than Generation Y and Generation X. And that's unheard wow. of. You're, you're, you're talking about 10 years ago, the 55 to 64 was the senior-level managers, and you know, now they're being displaced and they're getting severance packages, and in a lot of cases they're just deciding that they don't want to go back. They're too young to retire. They've got a good equity position, and uh, they don't want to go back. And so we're seeing these baby boomers just starting businesses in mass. And so I, I, I don't know if it's ever happened before where the generation that was next to retire, instead of going back in and, and trying to sweat out another 10 years, has just decided, hey, listen, I'm going to do this for myself. I, I did it for the shareholders. And what franchising allows them to do 
is to work within systems and structure and process and procedure and to have some support and you know they don't have to write the playbook and these these people have been used to they're used to doing that they did it for corporate america for 20 30 years and they were good at it they did it for the greater good of the shareholders and what franchising allows them to do is to come in with those very similar kind of structures and do it for themselves so it's a, it's a great blend of corporate america and entrepreneurship. You're in business for yourself, but you're not by yourself. Yeah, a lot of these uh, baby boomers, too, have a lot more experience, but sometimes you'll hear a baby boomer say, well, uh, I don't understand all those computer things and this and that. And that's kind of silly because it doesn't take that long for, for baby boomers to get tech savvy. I mean, it maybe there's a learning curve, maybe a month or two, but they can get tech savvy, too, when it comes to to social networking. You're listening to the Dream Job Radio Show presented by 30careers.com. Our special guest is Mike Welsh. He's an expert when it comes to franchises. Um, here's a question. Should a person start from scratch? Uh, should they buy a business or should they buy a franchise? What's your suggestion, Mike? That, that's a great question. It's one we hear all the time. Uh, I think it really depends upon the individual. If you are good at creating systems, if you don't mind making the first thousand mistakes, if you don't mind writing the playbook, I would say go for starting it out of the garage. Um, most of the people that we work with are not what we would refer to as serial entrepreneurs. In other words, you know, they, they, didn't, uh, they didn't go out to the garage at 18 and, and start their own business and build it from scratch. But if you can do it, it's a, it's a great way to go. I mean, it'd be hard to you know, to tell Michael Dell or Bill Gates that you can't start a great business out of the dorm room, right? So if yeah. you've got the wherewithal and the patience and the tenacity to do it, um, it it's certainly a, a feasible option to start something on your own. Now, it does have the highest failure rate by a long shot. Franchise businesses are five times more likely to be open after a decade than an independent business. And so wow. a lot of the people that, um, yeah, it's, it's the systems and, you know, you don't have to make all the mistakes. The, the founders and the, you know, the forerunners have already done that for you. So most of the people that we work with are opting to look at franchising more than anything else because they can walk. It's a plug-and-play. Uh, franchising is looking for core competencies and transferable skills that these people already have. And so you plug them into the system, you know, you show them where the track is, and then they can run. And you don't have to invent all of these things and, and make a million mistakes. So the question is a great one, and I think that the answer is, is truly um, ask yourself, do you want to plug and play, uh, ramp up quickly, have the systems and the support around you, and probably have a, a, a bit of a smaller business? You know, if you, if you start it from scratch and you, and you build it up to an empire, it's all yours. It's, you know, 100% yours unless you obviously are selling shares or something like that. But if you build a huge business independently, you get to keep all of it. If you build a huge franchise business, you're going to be sharing some of those revenues with the franchisor, and that's called royalties. And so if you're willing to, uh, to do it from scratch, do that. If you need the support and structure, looking at a franchise is probably the best way to go. That's awesome advice. Now, you mentioned that, you know, the franchises are more likely to be open after 10 years, I guess, because, you know, sometimes businesses fail, obviously, uh, in 
it's just the, the way things are. But what do you think, what are some of the main reasons that people fail when, they're, when they become a business owner? The number one reason is undercapitalization. And we have to coach people through that very, very, very closely. Uh, we are very cautious at my firm to ensure that our clients are not looking at businesses that would overextend them. Undercapitalization, by far, number one reason why a business fails. Uh, I think a, a close second is a lack of process and procedure. So when you're starting something independently, you don't know where to go next. And so oftentimes we see owners that don't know where to go next, just stay still. And if you stay still, that truck's going to keep coming. You know, you're going to get hit. So I think the best advice for someone who's going to start it up independently is, is keep moving, stay agile, keep going, make sure that you're well-funded. And for somebody who's going to start a franchise, I think that, you know, again, be well-funded and then follow the system that the franchisor has already laid out. If you believe in it and you've done enough due diligence and you know what you know, then believe in it, trust in it, and execute that business model. Don't try to, you know, buck the system. Excellent. What do you think about buying an existing business? You know, I, I like it. I've actually done it twice. And uh, when I purchased this firm, it was already up and running, and it was undervalued. It was underperforming. And, um, and I just I had a, a deep belief in the system, and I, and I knew that I could come in and, with the proper team and, um, and, and work ethic and, and get it where it needed to be. So the question you have to ask yourself here is you, you are either going to have to dig it out of its hole or you're going to have to pay a multiple of EBITDA or net income. So if you want to buy existing revenue and you're going to buy a good business with a good solid track record, you can see the audited financials, and you're willing to pay that multiple of net income, then that's a great way to go. The other way to buy a, a, an existing business is to look for something that is struggling or undervalued, and but you believe in it, and you believe that you can turn it around. So there, those are kind of the two questions you have to ask yourself is, if I buy an existing business that's running well, it's going to be a larger investment, but I'm buying uh, a customer base, I'm buying brand loyalty, I'm buying... Some, hopefully some systems and maybe the employees are going to stay with me. If you're going to buy something that's underperforming, you've really got to be willing to roll up your sleeves, get your hands dirty, and get that thing where it needs to be. It's, a, it's, a, it's certainly a good option. I was always wondering, too, because, you know, there's a lot of bad businesses out there. I mean, people, the, the customer service sucks now. I mean, they're, um, the quality of the product that they're putting out is not very good anymore. And a lot of times, you know, I look at these and think, you know, I don't know. And maybe other people listening might be thinking the same thing. They, we, we think, if I took over this business, I, I could turn this around. I could get the, the employees inspired to, to uh, offer good customer service. I could get the employees inspired to put out a better product. Uh, I could even change raw goods in the products to make it a better product. Uh, is that really worthwhile or is it better to just maybe – forget that company <laughs> and just go out and start from scratch? You know, I think you've got to, again, it's, the, it's these questions that we have to ask ourselves, and I think you have to ask yourself, have I ever done that before? Have I ever uh, completely transformed the core 
uh, competencies and the the feel and look and uh, you know all the have you have you ever peeled back the layers of the onions and actually changed things before? If you've done it before, you've got a track record of being a track record of being successful at it. Go for it. If you've never done it before, but you just think that it you know that you that you should be able to do it, I, I might I might kind of avoid that one. And you know, just somebody who's looking at at going in and 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 changing something and they've never done it before. I might actually that's someone I would probably steer towards franchising very heavily because if you want to buy something that's affordable and you don't want to have to get your hands all dirty and fix it, franchising is a great way to do it. I mean, you know, we work with franchise companies. I think a lot of times when we say franchising, people are thinking, you know, some of the big boys, you know, million dollar investments, but we have franchises that we work with that are tax tip out the door, uh, working capital, franchise fees, everything under 70000 Now, we have some that range over 700000 as well. But franchising is, a, is an affordable way to get into business, and you don't have to fix everything. Mm. That's excellent. That's awesome. Well, we thank you so much for your advice, Mike. Maybe you could tell people a little bit more about what you guys do um, at your firm and maybe how you could help some listeners if they have more questions or want to get into franchising. Absolutely. What we do is um, we we coach our clients through a very, very systematic due diligence process. And you can find this online, not only at Fire Corporate America, that's my personal blog where I get to rant and rave about uh, uh, the current goings on uh, in the world, but uh, you can also find us online at FranchisingMinnesota.com. That's uh, my home state here, so Franchising Minnesota, you can find us. We coach typically mid-level managers all the way up to senior-level executives, Oftentimes they've been displaced and they either don't want to go back or there's not a place for them to go back to. We coach them through doing a really fact-based due diligence on franchising. And there's over 3,000 franchise concepts out there. We do a personality profile, a work style profile, and a psychographic profile on our clients. And then we build a business model for them. And we use that business model as the blueprint. So instead of trying to put a round peg in a square hole because somebody likes the ice cream, you know, that's not a good reason to open a business because you, you, know, you don't open an ice cream shop because you like the ice cream is what we always tell our clients. We're looking for businesses that can best leverage their blueprint. And so I go out and I find franchise concepts that match their blueprint, and then we coach them through about a six-week due diligence process, make sure they're asking all the tough questions of all the right people so that at the end of the day, it's still a leap of faith, but it's a very fact-based leap of faith. I have, I actually have some interesting statistics. Quick, um, yeah. I, I, I pulled the, some numbers over the last decade in my state. Anyway, um, the number of franchise units is up 16%. The p- number of people that they employ is up 10%. The payroll that they pay out is up 19%. The economic output of franchising in the state of Minnesota is 43 is up 43%. And the economic output due to franchising is up 52%. Now when you compare that to the 10-year average of the S&P, which is minus 4.7 or the median home price in our state which is down 31%, franchising is a, it's not foolproof, but it's a pretty safe bet. Wow. Well, our, you're listening to the Dream Job Radio show. Our special guest has been Mike Welsh. He's a franchise expert, 
He's the president and owner of Frank at Minnesota. But thank you so much for being on our show, Mike. Thanks for having me, guys. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. Great advice, as always, from our special guest. We appreciate so much Mike coming on the show. I think we'll make a very entertaining podcast as well for yeah. the entrepreneurs out there fitting in with Entrepreneur Month. If you're listening live, remember that you can download this episode uh, through iTunes. Just just go to iTunes and type in the search engine Dream Job, and you'll find Dream Job Radio. But it's now that time of the week for everybody's favorite college student and our special segment, Campus Connection. What's going on on Campus Connection, Micah? Um, just nothing's going on. <laughs> no, uh, today. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, today I wanted to uh, talk a little bit about internships. You know, it's an important, uh, important thing in any college student's life is uh, getting inter- internships and uh, and pursuing them. I, just had a, I had a few tips for everybody. But um, first thing you want to know is uh, you need to uh, you need to figure out what area you want a business you want to go into, or what career you want to go into, and then study the businesses that would benefit you for your career path. For to that have internships available. So once you figure that out, um, it's good to update your resume accordingly. Also to have some uh, things that the potential um, employers would like on your resume, so you can send those resumes out. And um, also, uh, it's good to just tell everybody you know that you're looking for internships because you never know who has connections. I mean, tell the uh, uh, flight attendant on the plane that you're looking for an internship. If you want to, just you know, you can never go wrong telling everybody you know what you're trying to do, what you're trying to accomplish, because you don't know who can help you. So, what is an internship, and what exactly? How does it help a college student, though? Well, internship is basically a. Uh, uh, most of the time, it's non. I believe it's non-paid, but uh, basically, you work for um, uh, different companies to uh, help them. Uh, you just you work for them as like assistant or uh, trainee, basically, and uh, it helps you um, gain experience in that career field in order to move into a uh, full-time job with that company in the future. And they're very important to college students because uh, it's really hard to get a job without any experience in it, and internship is a perfect way of getting some ex- uh, getting some experience without having to have experience to get the job in the first place. That's awesome. Uh, do you have any uh, internship experience that you'd uh, like to share with the listeners? Inter- uh, not presently, but um. Are, are you doing a couple right now? Or like um, I think well, of course, with us that you're a paid intern for us, but for Dreamtop <laughs> Radio. <laughs> but what about um? Uh, are you interned for the magazine too, or or how does that work? Oh yes, um, I basically intern uh, for them. I help them uh, the sales department, sales and marketing, and uh, also just uh, developing different aspects of their business. So if you can always check them out too at bread-magazine.com, and uh, it's a really nice company because uh, not, not only do they promote music and 
uh, <clears throat> music, and they have different award shows, but they also really focus on giving back to the community and, and uh, helping others and giving to different charities. And you've met a lot of cool people through your both internships, right? Oh, absolutely. You, you, it's really, you make so many connections whenever you do internships that it's definitely worth it, and it definitely pays off in the future. Yeah, it's great and networking. You know, you know, you really don't know which one of those network connections is going to actually explode into a multi-million dollar company. And yeah, great. Absolutely. And also, whenever you look for an internship and you're applying for them, it's always, you know, you can never go wrong with handwritten letters because you know that really shows you really want that. You really want that uh, that internship. And it shows you really want it. So, you know, you can never, that's another tip, too, is you can never go wrong with um, handwritten letters. So make sure you do that as well when applying for internships. Interesting. That's good advice. That's awesome. Well, well anything? Well, uh, well, you're a college student. <laughs> <laughs> what else is going on? Um, no, I just, uh, you know, midway, a little bit past midway, mark the semester, so just have a downhill mark to go. Did you have some fun this week, though? Uh, do a little guns up, Red Raiders. You had some good stuff going on, right, with um new guy on campus? Oh, yeah. Who's who's new on campus at the restaurant? I heard that. Oh, yeah, story. great, uh. Uh, yeah, Billy Gillespie, they introduced uh, the new um, head coach of Texas Tech basketball. So we're pretty excited over here, ready for Texas Tech to move in a new direction with our basketball program. And um, I actually went to the press conference. I got some great footage. It's going to be up uh, on my website shortly. Um, with the, I have a couple of blog posts. But, you know, I actually got the opportunity to uh, meet him at, uh, at the Triple J Chop House and Brew Restaurant. So uh, I got to talk to him for a few. I got to talk to him for a few minutes. He's a super nice guy, and uh, he's excited about Texas Tech as well, and ready to take us in a new direction. And um, he's ready as ever to uh, coach some basketball. So I'm pretty excited about that. That's awesome. And he said, if you can just touch the rim, you might be able to walk on. <laughs> yep. <laughs> you get your shoot. He said that he's never met somebody six foot six that could jump so, so um, short. <laughs> I have a negative vertical leap. <laughs> when you jump, you actually go down into the ground. <laughs> <laughs> I'm yeah, pretty excited about that. And, and also the spring football games today at 1 o'clock. So, we oh. take football. And you going to get us some uh, footage for that, too? Oh, yeah, definitely. And uh, I actually went to a baseball game yesterday, but. Less than the sixth inning, we were down 16 to zero, so it's not too good. Mm. <laughs> you win some, you lose some. <laughs> yep. All right. Well, until next week. Thanks so much. That was your favorite college student. <laughs> so, what's on the schedule for next week? Next week, another awesome, exciting show. We're going to have a special guest, Kimberly Schneiderman. What's she going to be talking about? Talking about how to find a great work environment. So this is the end, sadly, of Entrepreneur Month. 
but don't fret because we actually still have some great entrepreneurs coming up uh, in April and May. It's just not going to be our main focus. We're going to focus back again on the work environment, how to find a great job that you love. So kind of the basis of Dream Job Radio. How many times have you actually hated the people you worked with? I've been there. <laughs> we all have. But we love the people we work with. <laughs> that's, that's, not, right. that's not totally the end of the show. It is if you're listening to the podcast. We really appreciate you listening. Please go to 30careers.com, and you can check out what's going on in, in our world. Uh, or just click on the next podcast. We will keep it. But and now it's time for overtime on Justin.tv. So if you're listening to the radio show live, uh, feel free. We're going to – and if you're listening on Justin TV, we're going to break from the, the video stream and we're going to restart then the overtime. But thanks so much for being on the show. We appreciate having Mike Welsh, uh, the uh, franchise expert, Remember to go to his website, too, and check that out. He had a different website, too. Oh, it's FranchiseMinnesota.com. Uh, That's right, FranchiseMinnesota.com. So until next week, this is Leah Laxton. This is Daniel Laxton. And this is 30careers.com presents Dream Job Radio. Oh, man. <laughs>